So how many of you have heard of a term called Agenda 2020 and whatever became of it? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Remember that term, Agenda 2020? It was a term that, well, that came out of the United Nations a number of years ago, back in the early part of the 2000s. I can remember hearing about it Oh, way back in like 2005, 2006, these were going to be some really great goals to achieve for the planet, to save it from itself, to save it from destructive climate change, starvation, inequity, and all the evils that the left tries to explain makes up our world. I'm looking, a matter of fact, I'm not going to even mention the name of the publication because I don't want to give them any credit. I don't want anybody really going there. But some of the headlines that they had back in 2020, I'm just looking at their topics of Agenda 2020 that go back a little ways. They had headlines, and this is for the United States, but it really does speak for the entire planet or the entire Western industrialized world. And all these stories came out like in 2020, maybe early 2021 or or 2019, pre-pandemic, of course. And here's some of the headlines in this particular publication that I don't want to mention. Uh, But I'll just give you the headlines. Democrats must federalize Medicaid. Then it says what Election Day reveals about progressive policies. See, they're, they're real happy. They really believe or they want you to believe that the world spoke. The United States spoke on, on Election Day 2020. And Joe Biden was clearly the choice of the people, both in the Electoral College vote and in the popular vote. No dispute. And they want to tell you that Joe Biden is unhappy about the day one agenda. And this was written back in in 2020 that he doesn't have as much power as he thought he might to keep all the promises he he thought he could fix and they talked about how joe biden can end the war on terror on day one we need to stop this foolish war on terror we just need to get along you know sing kumbaya with isis whatever it takes let's let's all be one happy global family also talked about how how the idea of a four-day work week is a great idea, especially if you get five or six days pay. Why we need socialized housing. How about an... I mean, this goes on, on and on and on. We need to cut off the private equity money from businesses and people wanting to start out. It needs to be all nationalized and ultimately globalized. This is the entire idea of their Agenda 2020. And this is from a publication which will go mention less. Well, when you look at things like federalized Medicaid, in other words, we need to have socialized health care run completely by the government only. No free choice. If the government says this is your health care, this is how it's going to be. This was the goal of Obamacare here in the United States. It was basically one step at a time to destroy the health care system, make it so burdensome and expensive 
that people would come back to the government to have it fixed. Well, the government's the one that came in and broke it to begin with. With the idea, you know, remember, anytime you hear the term build back better, build back better, you need to understand its roots and what it really means. Even the World Economic Forum has spoken in those terms long before Biden ran for president. Build back better. Historically, one of the first people to ever build back better was Nero, who burned down the city of Rome so he could build a bigger palace for himself and and meditation gardens. He just destroyed everything in his path. Then blame the Christians, of course. Always blame them. Make them your scapegoat. And so in that, that's a definition of build back better. Nero burned down the city of Rome, blamed the Christians, and then, and then built it back better for his own personal needs. Didn't matter what the people wanted, needed, or any, any of that. That was just irrelevant. So anytime you hear the word build back better, it means you must destroy something entirely, burn it down, plow it away, and you do it without any any thought of what you're doing and why you're doing it. We're just going to build it back better. The entire idea of the World Economic Forum's concept of build back better is extremely simple. We hate, this is what the World Economic Forum believes, we hate the free market system. We hate it. We, 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 want, a, we want a controlled market. And we want to be the one sitting in Davos, Switzerland, to tell you how to run your country and your economies and your businesses. We want to be like Adolf Hitler was in the 1930s, picking the winners and losers in industry, which included companies like BMW and Bayer, you know, pharmaceuticals. They were winners in Hitler's economy, as many a lot of other companies were. Uh, Porsche, and, and I can go down a long list. They were willing to to work with Hitler to maintain their wealth and their status as elites within Germany and hopefully all of Europe. And so these companies built the armaments of war and supported everything that Hitler did. Many of these companies even benefited from slave labor in concentration camps. See, certain levels of the elite that believe that they are entitled to rule over you, to have more money than you, to live better than you, they will gravitate to that kind of a government, a fascist and literally communistic type government. You can call it socialism, you can call it Democrat socialism, it doesn't really make any difference. It's all the same thing. You know, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders runs as a Democrat socialist when you think about it. And he has a following here in the United States, which is frightening. But it's all those that have this educational belief that all we need to do is take the wealth from the, from the rich people and give it to the poor people and make everything equitable and the world will be just a wonderful and happy place. 
Now, as I said, when you go back years ago, there were about 20 some odd original goals in Agenda 2020 when they first talked about it way back when. By 2015, they had pared that number down to about uh, 17 goals. And they believed in 2015 that these goals, and, and they kind of, they changed Agenda 2020 to literally Agenda 2030 because things hadn't exactly worked the way that they wanted to as fast as they wanted. But then again, evil is always more patient. It is. Evil is patient. Evil will take its time as long as it gets its way. And I've seen that play out over and over and over again in this world. So the Agenda 2030 now is the Agenda 2030 for Sustainable Development. And it all began essentially in 2015. And this was kind of a repackaging of Agenda 2020. Now, let's look at some of the goals that they have. And when you listen to these goals, and I want you to to understand how much of this has already come into play. Now, I always remind you to be really cautious. There are a lot of people send me a lot of videos, a lot of news stories about all these terrible things that are happening. And sometimes they can be a distraction to what is really going on. And, you know, as long as those who are conservative, those who are able to think for themselves, those that value freedom get up, get chasing in the weeds on things that don't exist, we, we, don't fight as hard or we don't push back as hard on things that need to be pushed back upon. So let me talk about some of these 17 uh, or so sustainable goals. Well, number one, we have to eliminate poverty. On the surface, that sounds good. I can remember, I guess I was just a young child, but old enough to pay attention when I was like, you know, 12. Lyndon Johnson had the had what he called the Great Society. That was going to be you know, his idea of build back better. Lyndon Johnson had these goals of the Great Society that included racial equality and, and uh, making sure we got, you know, we're going to have a war on poverty. So in 1965, we began a war on poverty. Now, 1965 is a long time ago. It's getting close to like 60 years ago. Well, not quite, but it's getting there. 55 plus years. 57 years. 57 years. Hard to believe. The war on poverty. Have we achieved it here in the United States? Have we, have we eliminated poverty? Nope. Haven't done it at all. And you need to understand something. We never will. As wonderful as it sounds to eliminate poverty, you never will eliminate poverty because not all poverty is caused by injustice. Not all poverty is caused by external forces that have conspired to make your life difficult. Frequently, poverty comes from lifestyle choices and bad decisions made in your lifetime. I mean, that that's the reality. People that are inherently lazy will generally not be very wealthy because they don't want to work. 
You know, even Jesus said, remember the story? And here was a wonderful, you know, analogy. The woman that, that took that wonderful, expensive perfume and anointed Jesus' feet and his hair with this expensive perfume. And, and even Judas said, we could sell this stuff and, you know, we could solve poverty. And Jesus reminded them, the poor will always be with you. And he's right. You know, I, I've met people in my life, and, and this comes from my time as, as being a church pastor. I have met a lot of people in my life where there's no possible way they're ever going to achieve anything and be self-sufficient. There's a difference when things happen in your life that you don't expect. And I've always been for a hand up. I've always been for helping those that have a need beyond their, you know, their ability to, to take care of. It happens. People may have a fire at their home. And even though they have insurance, they may come up short and they need some help to make the transition. People get laid off from their job because of, you know, stupid government policies that have destroyed the economy that make it hard to compete. And all of a sudden, they're trying to make ends meet. I get it. I believe in a safety net. The, the entire church was always a safety net before government decided it would be the safety net. So this idea of no poverty, what it really means when you define it from, from the standpoint of the United Nations, that means everybody outside of the elite class, outside of government and the chosen elites, everybody lives eh, in lower middle class status. In other words, there's going to be nobody making 150 grand a year or 200 grand a year anymore. We're going to make everybody equally as poor. And if you make that kind of money, we're going to take that money from you and give it to those that are couch potatoes. And that's how we eliminate poverty. We reward laziness and we tax hard work and make everybody just, you know, useless drones. They want zero hunger. Now, that's a lie. The idea of zero hunger sounds wonderful. The United Nations believes in these sustainable development goals that include no more global hunger. And yet, and yet governments like China and North Korea, just a couple of quick examples, they have no intention of eliminating hunger. You want to know why? People that are hungry will put themselves into slavery for food. So we don't want to really get rid of hunger. We want people to work for real cheap wages in China to make things cheaper than they used to make them for in America. And so the Chinese government has basically a government program to keep people hungry. And as long as you're hungry, you're compliant because now you get your, you get your, your ration, so to speak. Even in the concentration camps of World War II, those that worked at least got more food than those that they felt were not worthy. As evil as that is. Then good health and well-being. Yeah, that's a, that's a lie. Another sustainable lie. Really good health and well-being. 
Look at all the lies that came out of COVID-19. Look at the failed vaccines we were told that would you'll never get COVID. You'll never spread COVID if you just get roll up your sleeve and get the get the two-dose vaccine. Well, maybe you need a booster. Maybe you need three boosters. Maybe you need 23 boosters. We don't know yet. We don't know what it's going to do to your body either, but just keep taking it because trust us. I saw a story that I'll get to maybe in a, where essentially Dr. Fauci's wife had her hand in some of these trials on the COVID vaccines for little ones, little kids. And it was all pre-staged to make it look good. It's all, it's all a lie. So good health and well-being is not really what they want. They want to control your health care so you are more compliant to do as you're told. We want little drone workers that are healthy enough to work during their productive years, and then we want to push you off the table as soon as you get to being a useless eater. And you can be sustained on bugs for your diet, for all they care, which is what they want, and and fake meat and fake everything. If you notice that the family farm is in danger, You've got these idea of capital gains tax. When you want to, when you want to, if you owned a farm that you've worked all your life, family farm, and you're getting on in age, and it's time to pass this along to your children. Well, they're gonna. The government wants to get in the middle of it and make it totally undoable to keep the family farm in the family. Now, this is pure evil. I don't care what you say; it is pure evil. Somebody started a farm that has been feeding people generation after generation. Now the government wants to make it impossible for you to pass that farm along. The only people that can buy it are the multi-billion dollar corporations and Bill Gates and governments and what have you. They're going to control your food and what you're allowed to eat. Quality education. There's another one of these stupid sustainable goals. Look at the United States. We keep throwing more money at education and the results get worse and worse and worse. I can remember a couple of years ago talking to a recent high school graduate about some basic things you need to understand in life. And I said, you know, there comes a time you must understand that there are constants They cannot be changed. For example, I said two plus three equals five. It always has, it always will. Because two plus three does not equal nine. And she debated with me saying that's not so. You might believe that two plus three is five, but somebody else may feel that two plus three equals seven or nine or any other number. And their reality is just as good as yours. This is a high school graduate. Social promotion, pushing people through. We have people that are entering colleges occasionally, if they bother to do it, that are functional illiterates. So education is a way of indoctrination politically, economically, and socially to divide you from your family The education system today is designed to control young people and their minds, to turn them against their parents, to turn them against their own faith, and turn them to being worshipers of the planet and of the government of this planet. 
Another one being used, gender equality. Now, let's go back to the 1970s, the Equal Right Amendment. Okay, I can live with pretty much most of what was contained in that. But a lot of this now is, is going beyond gender equality. It is gender elimination. Gender now is fluid. I shared that audio cut, I think it was on Monday, of this reprobate teacher talking about how her second graders are choosing their pronouns. And everybody in my class, they're all transgender. Every one of them, hard to believe, but it's... And she's just in almost in tears so happy that she realizes that her entire class of second graders were all born in the wrong bodies and she can help them discover who they really are. Now think about that for a second. She was dead serious. When the first person, little child, said that I'm the wrong gender and I want to use he and him pronouns. It was a girl. And I was so excited. And when the class found out, they all changed their genders because every one of them is born in the, they, they were born wrong. This is, a, this is an affront and mockery of God to consider the creation of God as, as something that is so imperfect that we have to fix it with hormone blockers and, and, and radical surgery. Because gender is so fluid. It always has been. We've, we just have never talked about it before. But now it's part of the public school system in so many places to use this and have children decide that they're going to become girls or boys when they're boys and girls and never tell their parents. It's a way to divide even further. So gender equality is another lie. Clean water and sanitation. It always sounds good. And that's one way of controlling how we farm. Well, all of that runoff, we, we can't have it, or you can't do this, or, or we, we cannot have all that nitrogen in the soil. It's going to cause problems in global warming. In other words, to get a clean water and sanitation, it always sounds good. It's amazing how we were able to pull it off in the United States long before the rest of the world did, but it's inadequate. Once again, if they control the water, they control you. How about affordable, clean energy? This one is, to me, uh, how do I describe this? You've got the transportation secretary here in the United States when he's not lactating to feed his, you know, feed their, his, her, whatever. I don't know what they are. Uh, Boudigay and his partner and their child, you know, that they adopted, which I, which to me just makes my skin crawl, being that I'm an adoptee. And I'm thanking God that I was adopted into a, into a wonderful, loving home that was rather normal, rather than the freak show that this poor child will be raised in with Boudigay and his partner. I find it just reprehensible. But affordable and clean energy. Got to get rid of those fossil fuels. I, I despise the term fossil fuel because there is no such thing as fossil fuel. Do a little study on it. 
the idea of a fossil fuel was in was something that was developed as an idea in the 1700s by of all things russian scientists like you know 300 years ago they didn't know they just happened to see this oil stuff near the surface so they just assumed it was dead dinosaurs or something that had put this liquid in the ground and now we realize that it can't be that oil seems to be something that our planet keeps producing several years ago i read a story and it's a true story i mean it's you you can verify it easy enough you know back in the 1920s and 1930s when the automobile was taking root in america we used to have oil fields in the state of pennsylvania And over time, those wells, you know, dried out. By the 1950s, the theory of peak oil, in other words, well, there's only so much oil, and when it runs out, it's all over. And we've only got about mm, 30, 40 years left. That was the 1950s. Well, we got past 40 and 50 and now 60 years, and there's still oil. And it's not just from fracking. There's lots of oil if you go look for it. In some cases, it's not economically feasible yet to get it, but it's there. And those oil wells in Pennsylvania, here's a little bit of a trivia for you. Those oil wells in Pennsylvania, they check them every so often. They have been refilling. They could probably be pumping oil again in Pennsylvania if they wanted to. So apparently, it is it's really a renewable resource that our our world gives to us. The other part about the clean energy, it really has a control over your life that you really need to understand. You know, and Boudigay says, if you can't afford the gasoline prices, buy an electric car. What a fool, what a buffoon. The man is nothing but a reprobate buffoon to even say something as silly as buy an electric car. Number one, most Americans cannot afford $50,000, 60000 45000 or $80,000 for a vehicle. That, and they don't run off little cheap wall warts like you charge your cell phone with. They take some serious power. If you only can charge it at a low current rate, it could take you hours, if not days, to fully charge your vehicle. If you want to charge it overnight, you're going to need to use a lot of electricity in your house to do it. And the power grid in the United States is not capable of doing it. In states like Texas, if you owned a Tesla, you were getting warnings on your dashboard. Do not attempt to charge your car. That We are at maximum power right now. We can't sustain everybody charging a vehicle. Can you imagine if everybody had an electric vehicle? How much power it would take? Oh, no, we're going to do it with wind and solar and this and that and, you know, and perpetual motion. (laughs) I mean, what else are we going to come up with? Affordable and clean energy makes us more dependent upon China because they're the ones that are making uh, the solar panels, which don't last forever, which, by the way, when it gets too hot outside or too cold, they don't work. 
They don't tell you the negatives about solar. Solar has its place. And over time, as technology improves, it will increasingly have its place. I have no doubt about that. But this rushing something to market so we can eliminate something that is it's killing the planet with with CO2 and, you know, everything else. Funny, China will never reduce their CO2. They'll never reduce their pollution as we shut down a factory, as we shut down a coal fire fired, you know, power plant, as we trans you know make the transformation to an electric car they burn all that excess fuel we're not saving the planet at all we're putting all the resources and the money into china and if you can't see that you're missing the bigger picture all of this is designed to take the united states and powerful nations down a few notches to make it a global planet where the elites can control the United States and Germany and Canada and the UK and Australia and South Africa, you name any Western nation. The idea is to make them all equally as poor, equally as dependent upon a world government. That is the future of this world. What else? Decent work and economic growth. That's a good one. That's a laughable one. What's decent work? Sitting on your fanny all day designing video games? I mean, they they don't really define that because they're making machines to do most of the things that we used to hire people to do. Which brings us to another question I'm going to get into. On the other side, we have a break coming up. And when I come back, I want to talk about, about the rest of these goals and what they really mean. Now, real quickly, we are in the middle of our, you know, setting up housekeeping and moving into our our little place here in Virginia. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to having for the first time since beginning this radio program is going to be an adequate studio situation to produce this program uh, with the equipment needed to do it right, to conduct interviews even in a much easier format. And even maybe to add some video component, some streaming components as well to those that prefer to pick up their information and media that way. Something that I have in the back of my mind. I mentioned I'm talking to someone else that produces a a radio program that is also heard as a podcast and stream. And his program is different than mine, but, you know, it's an excellent program. And his platform is going away, his primary platform. And I'm going to try to reach out to him if I can get things built fast enough to have a platform where this program could be live or when it's first released, it's as a stream and, and you know when it first comes out and be able to carry this individual's program as well. And maybe make this, build a channel, build a channel that with like-minded individuals with programs and maybe even music i don't know i'm praying about it just trying to get some direction to have a a faith and values and teaching channel that is streamed that you can listen to also have on-demand videos at some point while the window is open look i love shortwave and we're staying there I'm not pulling out a shore wave. I I just am not going to do it. Unless the stations go away, I'm not going away. Because I I realize that 
most of the listenership to this radio program is on shortwave radio. And so I appreciate the value of shortwave. I'm trying to figure out which frequencies are doing the best for us. By the way, the good news is that they did get uh, 9455 that airs at 9 p.m. Pacific time repaired yesterday. Um, I had gotten word there was a problem. Apparently, a lightning strike damaged a uh, connector that connects out toward the antenna field. And that has been since repaired. We're on, we're on WRMI several times a day. Three times, a matter of fact, most days. And also on KVOH. So I, I just need to know which station you listen to and when so I can make sure that the income that comes into this program is being effectively used. And trying to find out what time of the day would be more convenient for you as well to listen on shortwave and see if there's a station or frequency available somewhere to make that happen. So that's just one of the things in the back of my mind. This new studio, I hope to have most of it done by the end of next week. Maybe next week, maybe next, you know, maybe sometime in early August, I'll be able to come into this room that'll have everything laid out where it'd be so much easier to produce the program. And it's something that my wife and I talked about with the sale of our home in Georgia. We were able to buy this home and have enough to do the furnishing, and and we're, we're the ones paying for the studio upgrade and modification. There are a couple of things I'd still like to get, but we'll just see. We'll just see. We need to, you know, also plan for, you know, the future as well. If you believe in this ministry and want to keep us on shortwave, would you consider writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. The city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. And I'm going to thank you in advance for your support. By the way, if you go to the website, truth2ponder.com, that's truth2ponder.com, you can find other ways to support us, plus the address that I just gave you. Now, when I get back, I'm going to go down this list of these goals of, of Agenda 2020, which are now Agenda 2030. And how far along are we? And who are some of the players that are, shall we say, pulling the strings? You need to know this information so you can realize the things that are important to push back against and, and be prepared for the world in which we're about to enter. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman, the Sedukim and Messiah. Coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, Messiah was crucified by Roman soldiers, but involved in the plot to put him to death were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and a lot of Sadducees in the temple. What does the word Sadducee mean? Well, it comes from a Hebrew word, tzedakim, tzedukim, which comes from tzedaka, which means righteous. The Sadducee meant the righteous ones. They called themselves the righteous ones. They were the keepers of holiness, the keepers of righteousness. The problem was it was the Sadducees, the tzedukim and the Pharisees who crucified Messiah. 
In the same way, it was those who saw themselves as righteous throughout history who set up the Inquisition, who imprisoned people, tortured people, killed people, multitudes of people, many of them Jewish and, and Christians. You see, this is the problem of the Sadducees and the lesson they give us. Those who see themselves as righteous are those who most crucify Messiah. A lot of believers who are convinced that they're the righteous ones, they're the only keepers of God's way, and, and, and they're not filled with love, but with condemnation. The righteous ones were key in Messiah's death. When we let ourselves become self-righteous, we begin crucifying Messiah. We begin crucifying his grace and his love and his mercy, his holiness, his presence. In the name of holiness, we become unholy. And in the name of salvation, we condemn others to judgment. In the name of God, we become ungodly. We nail him to the cross. Don't be a Sadducee or a Pharisee. Even in the name of Messiah, be humble because the only one who is righteous in himself is Messiah. For the rest of us, all righteousness is borrowed from him. One more ask for this priest's redemption on CD. Now, how often do you get something offered to you? Priceless, wonderful, life-changing, free. Here goes right now. Sapphires, it's as precious as it sounds. Guaranteed to help you become strong and live a life of joy and victory. Free gift subscription and the incredible Mystery of the Temple doors on CD. You'll love it. It's priceless. It's free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it or you call it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. Guaranteed. But call now. one 800 Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? It, you can spread it through shortwave radio. You can blanket the earth. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Gahn saying, be humble, walk with the king, and be a blessing. Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend and Messiah. Melech HaMalchim, the king of kings. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to this Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Can you believe that the month of July is going to be over like real soon? Where has this year gone? We're about to, we're going to be literally, you ready for this? Two thirds done with the year 2022. And and I I find it hard to believe that we've come this far in in such a short time. It, It feels like it was only yesterday that we started this year. And if you were if you had talked to me back in January or February, March or April about us selling our home in Georgia and living in where we are moving into in Virginia, I would have probably looked at you kind of funny. But the reality is we just felt this was the right thing at the right time for us to do. And I really have no regrets in in doing this. So I think it's going to make life a lot easier for my wife and myself, having family nearby. I think one of the most important things that I really feel strongly about, where we were living in Georgia was nice. It was, you know, somewhat secluded in a little tiny community that I really didn't know anybody in. We just didn't. We did. It just... It's so transient. Sky Valley is a great place, but most people that are there are only there during the summer. And the few that are there during the winter and other seasons, you know, they 
you don't live close, there's no sense of community. And so I just, it was not a good opportunity for us. And it was like a, you know, we're living in the middle of nowhere by ourselves. And the opportunity for ministry was also extremely limited in that region. And then our place in Florida, that's something we enjoy right now. And we'll just see what the Lord would have us do. But I know right now that the most important thing I'm doing is assembling a studio and an office where both this radio program and other related things can be done and work with other people remotely to build something of benefit to you. And so keep us in prayer as we make some hard decisions and move forward. I'm excited. And I'm excited about the ministry prospects as well, because part of what I need to be doing is training young pastors in in being able to lead a congregation. So just keep that in the back of your mind as well. Your prayers are always appreciated. I want to get back to this sustainable stuff. You know, these are the goals of Agenda 2030 that used to be known as Agenda 2020, and they all got pared down to about 17 goals in 2015. And those are the goals that I'm going through with you right now. We left off with with the idea of decent work and economic growth, which also ties into the next one, industry, innovation, and infrastructure. Those two are very related to each other. And you have to look no further than the World Economic Forum to understand precisely what those two items really mean in the future. And tie it in with everything else that I talked about, about equality and save the planet, worship the earth, mother nature, whatever, Uh, and all the clean water and sanitation. There's too many of us, of course. We have too big of a population. No wonder we have poor people and people without food. There are too many useless eaters. That's kind of the, what they're trying to tell you. Listen, don't get me wrong. I believe in being a good steward of this planet. I've seen what pollution can do, but I've also seen the big lies that were told, like when I was in high school, When the Cuyahoga River caught fire, it'll be dead for 10,000 years. Nothing alive will be on its banks or in its water for 10,000 years because of evil mankind and its industry. I heard that at the first Earth Day and thereafter. And now the Cuyahoga River cleaned itself up just fine. When you stop throwing in the poison, it's amazing how this living planet, a tribute to a living God, can heal itself. Amazing. But that doesn't mean you you destroy it either. God told Adam, be a good steward of this place. And so we should. So industry and work all become intertwined with each other. A lot of of our future is going to be based on artificial intelligence and robotics and machines. Meaning many formerly well, important jobs are going to disappear. One of the one of the side effects of the well, let me just kind of back up here for a moment. I'm thinking back to 2008 and also the pandemic that came along, you know, 12 years later. 
I can remember it was about this time in 2008 that the world kind of came to an end with a market crash, housing crash, and an everything crash. And that's how Barack Obama was able to achieve the White House and stay there for eight years. And with all the things done in 2020, phony investigations, Russian collusion, all of this nonsense designed to divide, confuse, and, and I'm going to say it. I, you'll never convince me otherwise. Extreme cheating. That's how, that's how Joe Biden, who is the preferred candidate at the time of, the, of all the globalists, came into being because he would do their bidding. Industry and infrastructure. We hear that all the time. Build back better. Our infrastructure is falling apart. The real goal is to get rid of more of us and have less of us so we don't have as much of a need for infrastructure. Trust me on that one. There are people at the World Economic Forum that look at you and I, Christians in particular, as people that are undesirables and need to be eliminated. I read article after article, and they, there's, a, there's some element of truth in these things that talk about the COVID-19 vaccine. It will affect reproduction. It will affect global population over time. Now, some of the headlines that I've seen other people come up with over the years, well, the two years that I've been doing this program, hard to believe the anniversary, the second anniversary comes up next week. Hard to believe. One of the things you have to understand, uh, some of these websites that, you know, are designed to appeal to people like myself oftentimes are nothing more than clickbait to get clicks and money. And they say many an outrageous thing that turn out not to be quite true. Remember, a half truth is still a whole lie. And so there's one particular website that comes to mind and it's podcast and it's video cast that over about a year ago was saying that we would have by now, you know, more than a third of the world's population would be dead from the vaccine. And I didn't quite feel that, but I knew it was going to be a danger. I knew it would potentially have some really negative long-term effects. And I said a year ago, and I still stand by this, that these injections into young children, we don't know what it's going to give for the future. Will it literally destroy an entire generation and the number of new children coming into this world to be a fraction in time of what it used to be? And I, I tend to lean in that direction, that there's going to be this reduction over time. Remember, evil is patient to get its way. It doesn't matter to evil, to the demonic realm, if it takes 50 years or five years or five minutes. Doesn't make any difference. As long as it gets done, we may be dead and gone before it is all achieved. But when it's achieved in this dysfunctional and, and, and sick world, you'll have a, you know, you'll have a combination of Brave New World and 1984 on our doorstep. And so they want to decide about industry and jobs and much of it automated. Then we don't need useless eaters. 
Then we talk about reduced inequities. Another way, in other words, the best way to describe reduced inequities, you know, the haves and the have-nots. People in the United States over 200 years became some of the wealthiest in the world. We can't have that. We must destroy and take their wealth from them and give it to others so everybody can be equally miserable and equally poor. That's what it means, except for the elite political class, which includes the the John Kerry's, you know, gallivanting across the globe in their, you know, carbon-spewing private jets. It's okay for them. Rules for thee, but not for me. Then they want responsible consumption and production. In other words, you're only allowed to have so much stuff. In fact, the World Economic Forum takes it even one step further. You will own nothing and you will be happy. We will own everything. We will own where you live. We will own your transportation. We will own your food. We will own everything you need, including your your mandatory smartphone that keeps track of you. That'll be another topic for another day. You will own nothing and you'll be happy. And if you don't like those terms, we'll eliminate you entirely. And how are they going to do it? Item 13, climate action. If you don't listen, the pandemic of 2020, we now see that Deborah Burks is a bona fide liar, traitor, and reprobate. She knew full well everything she was telling you about locking down was a lie. And she hated Trump. So did Fauci. They did their jobs. They had you convinced that if we just have 15 days to flatten the curve, we'll all be safe by Easter. What a bunch of baloney. What a pile of malarkey. Name name whatever. It, It is what it is. The woman is a traitor. The woman is evil. And she willingly lied to the American people and tried to sabotage any realistic efforts in containing the virus. It all became theater and show to eliminate Trump out of office. They used, they used this pandemic to see how people would comply because the next lockdowns are going to be for climate change. Look at the globe today. We have record terrible temperatures and drought conditions. We act like this has never happened before. It has happened over and over and over again over the past 2,000 years. It's about as predictable as clockwork, but they want to deny that. Then they talk about the oceans, life below water. We must save the oceans. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea not to have you know, those plastic things that hold your Pepsi or beer together shouldn't be thrown in the ocean. I get it. That's just being responsible. Unfortunately, we've created a generation of extremely irresponsible people. I can remember a time, not that many years ago, traveling around the roads of Northeast Georgia as a newlywed, going to places like Clayton, Georgia, or Helen, or some other location. You never saw the trash on the side of the road like you like you do today. We have narcissistic, lazy people that are reprobate-minded. They don't care. They don't care about you or anybody else. If they have their fast food 
bags in the car. They just open the window and toss them out. They don't care. People just didn't do that. Well, some did, but not at the numbers we see today. So between climate action to tell you how you can live, save the oceans, can't have this, can't have that. How we're going to save the planet, life on land. We just have to get less people to do that. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Less people completely under the thumb of a one world government, one world currency that owns everything. And they are your rulers. Barack Obama gave that little one away years ago when he said, before he was inaugurated in 2009, we will be ready to rule on day one. America was never designed to have rulers. Leaders and statesmen, yes, but rulers, no. That's the one thing we despised that caused the Revolutionary War to begin with. And now we have all of these people at the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization, working hand-in-hand with other climate change activists to run every aspect of your life and reduce the planetary population and the elites will be in their mansions and we will be in our rabbit hutches. That's where we're heading toward, if you don't see it. There's a war on farmers now all over the globe. Why are we saying, why, why in, are the Dutch farmers rebelling? Because they're told they can't fertilize, they can't do this. The cost of farming is getting out of hand where only the global farmers can do it. Big corporations that are in bed with Agenda 2030. And then the biggest lie of them all. Peace, justice, and strong institutions. The Bible says peace. Yeah, we'll have peace, then sudden destruction. Believe that one. Justice, that'll come the day that Jesus comes to return to this earth and his justice will be sure and proper and righteous. Strong institutions, that means global institutions. That means they have the power and you have none. See, in all these 17 sustainable goals, there's nothing about public input, your opinion. None of it matters. None of it, zero. These 17 so-called sustainable goals are to begin, they decided in September of 2019, ironically about the same time they had event, uh, you know, 201 to, to do a dress rehearsal of the coronavirus pandemic because it was a coronavirus that came from pigs in South America instead of a lab in Wuhan that was going to destroy the world. Why do you think John Hopkins University had all the dashboards ready to go to have a death ticker? Notice that when Biden became elected and after he took office, the death ticker disappeared from CNN. Don't tell me they're not biased. They're full of bias. They want to be the the public ministry of, of information in the new world order. All of them do. 
And that's why they'll lie to you about vaccines. They'll lie to you about everything, the virus. They'll lie to you about climate change. They'll lie to you about economic security. They will lie to you because that's all they've got is hoping that they can hold you with a lie. They divide us with stupid things like transgenderism. There's a really high probability you were born in the wrong body. You're really a girl trapped in a boy's body. We need to fix it. Or maybe you're a girl trapped in a boy's or a boy's in a girl's. We will fix it with modern chemistry, pharmaceuticals, and surgery. And same-sex attraction is totally normal and, and was dis- And this is the worst part. When you get certain church bodies that are buying into all of this satanic nonsense, churches that perform same-sex weddings are not churches. They're an abomination. They are a stench before the nostrils of an almighty God. When I see churches that are screaming, we must have abortion, we must undo, we must get back Roe versus Wade on a national scale. Women should have the right to kill their babies in the womb. And you have states that are even debating up to 28 days after birth the right to kill your child. That's right. There are states that are debating the right for a mother to kill their child up to 28 days after birth. We don't have the spirit of God in this nation anymore. We have the spirit of Moloch, which is nothing more than demon worship, paganism. We kill the children. We have fertility rights. We're doing all of the stuff the pagans did. We just do it with well, with technology. We're an evil and perverse, uh, perverse generation. There's no doubt about it. How do we, how do we undo it? How do we understand that these good-sounding goals have an evil motive behind them? All seventeen. They're not based truly. They're not based in really making the world a better place. They're making the world a more controllable place. And only certain individuals will be permitted to have control over you and I. That's what it comes down to. When you hear the term sustainable this, sustainable that, goals for the people and the planet, it's all about what the Bible predicts. A beast system that ushers in the age of the beast. And every minute of every day, we become one step closer. A war on farming, a war on for your children, sexual perversion, it's all a part of this new world order. They've been waiting for this for 2,000 years. Do you believe in keeping us on shortwave radio? We need your support as we come to the end of the month of August. I mean, the end of the month of July to go into August. If you can help, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. That zip code again in Crestview, Florida, 325 325- 
1-800-273-7836. And we will see you again tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.